Love Talk Radio. We are live and we're here. Thank you for joining us at the keeps happening with the intro. It's new and we're still working the kinks out of it. Um, thanks for joining the Cocoa Express Show Network. I will be your host. My name is Aurelia. And this evening we are really going to have a really interesting guest. Um, you know how people tell you you need to stay in your lane and just focus on what's in your lane. I'm one of those people that like to stay in her lane but I also like to take the time, the opportunity to observe observe everything around me, to see what's going on, to understand what's around me, to know what what's out there as I travel down my journey. And I also like to take the time out and bring back what I've learned and share it with everyone. And this evening, we're going to have that kind of opportunity. Now, many of you who are of a certain generation often said, I don't understand hip-hop. I don't understand that rap music. And before we go to our guest, which I'm not going to belabor this conversation too long, I just want to say one thing. You were able to deal with and listen to so many other genres of music. And much like bebop and jazz and all of those things that came before, hip-hop is just another extension of it. And I'm grateful that I'm having the opportunity to be here to to witness what it's turning to. I'm also grateful to see that the people of a certain generation have a voice, have a platform, and they're using it, and they're using it in a manner that may scare you. You may not like it, but it is the truth. And so we're going to have the opportunity to meet someone, to talk to someone, and get to know someone who's doing just that. Please allow me the opportunity to introduce to each and every one of you, and I hope I'm saying it right, Chuez. Chuez, he's a hip-hop artist, and I'm glad to have him here today. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Did I pronounce your name right? Please tell me. Trues, yeah. Trues, Trues. Okay, great, Trues. Now... Thank you for joining us, and um, let's just give everyone a little background about you. You're a native New Jerseyan I'm from yes, Newark. I was born in, yes, I was born in Jersey and Newark, in the Bricks. Okay, okay, and where are you now? I'm in Augusta, Georgia now. Okay, so what made you get up and go? Um, I would have to say it was, it was family issues. My mom went through a... Uh, 
a, a, a bad bankruptcy. She worked for the court system for a very long time, mm-hmm. typing 90 words per minute. She was a lady in the courtroom that, that would type what you would say, you know, every oh, the, the court stenographer. Okay, the court stenographer. Yes. stenographer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she was she was banking out. You know, she took us from the hood to lower middle class, and and then uh, she went bankrupt. Some a lot of stuff happened with her job, and she shipped all me and my two older brothers. Well, my my oldest brother went to college, and he she shipped my other brother and I down south to Augusta. This is back in like two thousand two thousand and one. Okay. So we got here oh. kind of unfairly. Oh, okay. Well, now. Okay, tell me a little bit about you as a child and how you became interested in hip hop. Um, well, I was I was active as a child. Like my mother used to, you know, she used to allow me to go out and stay out until about eleven o'clock at night. And this is before I was even in the fifth grade. So I had a, my mom had a, distilled a lot of trust in me. So I was a real active child. I wasn't really crazy active in music. My older brother, who is 37, he actually did music. Um, he was uh, DMX actually stole one of his songs back in the uh, late 90s. The, the song with DMX be like, "What's my name, DMX?" No, 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 that joint. So mm-hmm. that used to be my older brother's, but I was real young still then too. Uh, my introduction to music had to come from riding the Greyhound buses down south, um, from Jersey to Augusta. My brother would my uh, my other brother would make these playlists on these cassette tapes, and I would get introduced to a, a variety of different types of music. And I can remember that "Up Jumps the Boogie" song by um, Aaliyah, Missy, um, Timberland, and Magoo. My brother and his friends would rap the whole song, but they would give me Missy Elliott parts. So I started <laughs> off learning only Missy's parts. So I'll be singing the nasty, you know, you know, she was she she had some raunchy lyrics, but I didn't really understand mm-hmm. it back then. That's just what they gave me to do. So that was like my major introduction, like to music, aside from my brother actually doing it. Okay. Now, when did you decide that you were gonna? Take a position and make a stand and become an, an artist. Mm. That's a that's a good question because the key words you said, well, first the key phrase was take a stand, and then the other key phrase is to become an artist. Um, I started out as a rapper, you know, remaking G Unit songs back in two thousand and four, like you know some. And then I started reading on my history and looking up on NWA and got real heavy into the past. And then after that, I started to shed that that stereotypic image that I had. My first rap name was Nine Mills, which which was supposed to symbolize uh, the wealth and the 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 Mills being the wealth uh, that I want to that I want to receive from the rap game, and the Nine Mills being the gun, the nine millimeter displaying my lyrical ability, whatever. So that was like a whole different type of persona. And then what made me turn into an artist was I just sat and reevaluated myself and just was like, you know, I just need to be a little bit more realer with myself. I noticed I wasn't getting no reaction from my older brother who was just like kind of like, yeah, that was dope because mainly I was writing about killing people and I wasn't doing none of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I just decided to, you know, if I'm going to be real, I might as well share my, my rap name and go to the name that everybody's been calling me before rap, and that's Trues, which is a spinoff of my last name, Trues Dale, so it's not like it's like a rap name. It's really a mm-hmm. nickname. 
And after that, I just started putting more of myself in records. Okay, interesting. Now, putting more of yourself in records, does that mean that you are putting more of your experience in your in your records, in your lyrics, in what you're saying, or does that mean that you are putting what's on your mind? Uh, I think they they're two of the same uh, two 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 sides of the same coin. Uh, my experiences is what's on my mind, whether I experienced it firsthand or I watched somebody experience it's an experience. So mm-hmm. I would like to say. I rap a lot about my experiences as, as well, but a lot of mental stuff I, I rap about, like just how you think. And so if you listen to my music, I may control an emotion that you may have never really expressed to anybody, but you probably expressed it to yourself a thousand times. You know, oh, it's just, I can it's just anyway, you, you understand, you, you feel me? Like it's like when you yes. somebody in a position that you want to be in, yeah, you're not necessarily jealous or envious, but you do got that kind of emotion like, man, I should be there but you don't act on it. So what if I make a song that has that emotion like, man, I should be there. That's my experience in in, in that mental world of like, you know, just writing down Mm -hmm. stuff that's on my mind. Mm -hmm. Because I did did listen to a lot of your music because I really wanted to understand. And I have to tell you that I was so utterly overwhelmed and so impressed with the imagery that you're projecting through your your lyrics, not the not the video, but the imagery through the lyrics that I get when I'm listening. And for me, that's that's really good because I have a vivid imagination. So if I can draw a picture based on what you're saying and really get into it and feel it and understand it, then that means that you are really touching on some serious issues that we're not really talking about, but we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that has a lot to do with where I'm at too, like how I rap. You know, being from up north and being raised in the south, you know, it's not the same. So I was, I was raised differently. I came in encounters with some pretty like you know horrible people and how they think. You know, conservative mm-hmm. white people sometimes are the worst when it comes to black people. So it's just like a lot of things that I went through. It, it mm-hmm. and my music reflects not necessarily Jersey or these things, but really my experiences in the south. You mm-hmm. know, as a person who's not from here, and I often feel like I'm out of place at all times. So, you know, it's a little bit of that I don't fit in factor mixed with what's going on, my people factor. It's just, like, confusing. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. And I, you know, I understand exactly what you're saying because I'm from, originally from Brooklyn. And, yeah, and I made the transition to move someplace else. And there are often times that I scratch my head going, huh? <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. You know, and a lot of times you're and you also change your you change your demeanor on how you respond to some of the things you encounter. So your reaction when you're in Jersey would be different than your reaction down yes. south. Yes, exactly. It exactly. Exactly. But I feel like I feel like my reaction to things down here isn't what it could be, it, they don't want to see that because of where I'm from, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. Being that, you know, people got, like, you know, the way people talk to you down here or, you know, um, being at working in, in, in job systems and not being able to move up, you know, it's just like a lot of things wrong with the South, and it's not really necessarily Augusta, Georgia. It's just the South Southern way of thinking is not always kind, you know? 
Oh, but they smile when they say it and do it. Oh yeah, Southern <laughs> hospitality. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, uh, like back in the day. Can, we can't curse on here, can we? You are free. <laughs> okay. So it just be like, I feel like back in the day it'd be on some stuff like, oh yeah, in the slave era, it'd be like, yeah, put the. They smiling at you now while they talking, and they tell you, mm-hmm. now why don't you put your balls on the table and we'll just go ahead and chop it right on off. And then. <laughs> The black people from back in the day would be like, "Where you want the Where you want my balls at, sir?" Like that's mm-hmm. how they. That's how I feel like the South is in, in reference to even black people. It just they smile at you and cut you, and then mm-hmm. you smile back and take the take the cut, and that's and that's where I'm at. I'm I'm, I'm totally against that feeling. Mhm. And I understand because you know the difference, and I think the difference is coming from. You know, Jersey, New York, that particular area, we had more diversity. And that Mm -hmm. diversity brought forth openness and honesty. You knew where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. If somebody didn't like you, they'd let you know, I don't like you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You knew where your enemies were. Your enemies didn't like your friends. Right. And when you go into a, a whole completely different culture, you are like not sure about anything and everything, and you're like, okay, and you don't know what to do or how to do, and you're trying to figure it out. And while you're figuring it out, you're realizing that you're tripping all over yourself because crazy <laughs> stuff is happening all around you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. See, it's, it's it's really the same thing when you leave the nest. I'm about to do it again, actually. I've been in Augusta for over 10 years now. I'm about to finally, mm-hmm. and I'm young, too. I don't want to be saying these big numbers, and people be like, damn, yeah, yo, but I'm I'm only 24, <laughs> but I'm about to make that next leap in my life as a man to move to mm-hmm. Atlanta and really seize this opportunity. But once again, like we're talking about, you know, I'm going to be that person that's in a, a whole different culture, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. we're going to see how it works out. And But my translation through my music should be entertaining with that. Mhm. Now, you have you have stepped out and you have made your mark. And I mean, some of like heaven knows, heaven knows that I mean, and the growth record and Pharaoh's skin, you know, all these different things are 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 they speaking about your transition and your learning process and where you are going? Ooh. Yeah, I, I, well, I must say, this. I just got chills because I, I do a lot of radio interviews and a lot of people ask generic questions, and I'll be thinking that radio personalities be real jaded. But that's a mm-hmm. great question because it's, it's related to my artistry, but I don't get to explain a lot. So, yeah, Heaven Knows is the last song on my, my CD from 2012, which is considered my technically, you know, in people's eyes, my first uh, big project. So mm-hmm. that's the last song. So mentally... As I'm writing this, you know, I'm a supervisor at Hollister at this time, but I'm about to quit my job. I'm about to make this leap. I'm about to, you know, I got an investor on my side. So, all right, we're about to see what this rap game is really about. So when you hear that song, that's me putting it all on the table on some stuff like, you know, I'm thinking about my mom. You know, like, I love if he did this for me. Boom. Okay. Do I want to be this person? My motto is to live, learn, and earn. So, and then heaven knows it's my time, so stay out of my way. And then, boom, my first CD. And then after that, I just took off, and I, I haven't stopped since. That is that is phenomenal. Now, 
Okay, where we are now, I know you saw, you, you know, the Grammys and, and Kendrick Lamar, he put he put it out there for us, okay? But he has always, always been out there, and people have kind of, like, not really been paying a lot of attention to him. And mm-hmm. so now he really put it out there. And I wanted to know, I wanted to hear from you, what was your experience watching and, and, and hearing about what he did? How did that affect you? Um, it does what Kendrick and J. Cole do for me all the time, and that's give me hope uh, for music in the future because I'm not in their position or I have not made it to the to the point where, I, you know, I feel comfortable yet. So I'm still on, a, like, that onlooker stage where I'm like, man, how, what's the temperature of the game, you know? So then mm-hmm. when you see somebody like that and do something like that on the Grammys, whether you want to be that, like I, like I was telling you, whether you want to be that person or not, one, you got to respect it and then be like, damn, that just carved out a major lane for me because, you know, he's doing this on the Grammys. Meanwhile, I got this song, Historic Black Jails, or mm-hmm. Feral Skin, that you were speaking of that I, that I displayed, but on a smaller level. So it just gives me hope that if I keep working and get on that major level and I display what I display now with better resources, I know I can be there too. So it just gives me hope. Oh, great. That's good. You know, the simple, the fact that you said that he's just carved out a lane for you. And I think that the, the, I guess you can say the process and the growth process from, you know, that rap, turned to hip-hop or it branched out into hip-hop and hip-hop has so many different lanes in it now and there's so many different ways that you can get the word out in this particular genre of music it is just great and for you to say you know he carved out another lane and it's going to make a you know an an easier transition for me to spread my message Mm -hmm. yeah that's great because not a lot of people or artists would say, you know, someone just did this and th- what he just did is a game changer. It is a game, a total mm-hmm. game changer. And that's great. Now, what I wanted to also ask you about was, you know, the historic black jails, what they mad for. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. Right. Now, can you tell me, how did that come about? Oh, I would love to. I was, uh, okay, I haven't dropped any music. I'm going to just paint this picture for you. Okay. And the people listening. I haven't dropped any music at this point. But I'm like, man, I got to do something. I was I was under my, my, my deal with DJ K. Slay. I don't know if you knew that. But I was under this deal with DJ K. Slay for a whole year, and he didn't do anything with me. Didn't completely completely disregarded how hard I worked down here to, you know, he didn't give me no shows. You know, I only got one studio session out of that whole year. Like, it's just a lot of stuff that went bad. And I purposely put my, like, dropping projects on hold because that deal, you know, to get out of a deal and contracts, everybody knows, it's like, a lot of finances involved with lawyers and stuff goes on. So I'm going through all of this stuff, and I'm just like, man, I gotta do something. I gotta keep staying relevant, no matter what I'm going on, what I'm going through behind closed doors. I gotta keep my music going. So what I did was, I was torn between two CDs. Anybody that knows me know I got three CDs in the in the, in the works all all the time. 
and I may put out a CD that's not the th- the three in the works. So I had two CDs. I had New Trap City. This uh, uh, still a potential. I don't want nobody to steal that. Or if not, I'm coming for you. But New Trap <laughs> City and then Raw and Underprivileged. So I got these two c- CDs on my mind. What they mad for is the New Trap City sound. And then Historic Black Jails is Raw and Underprivileged. I don't know which one I'm going to go with first, but all I know is I got to get some material out on these streets. So what I'm do what, what I did was I went through I w- put on my YouTube profile, and I normally don't do this because I don't gloat in my own success unless I'm thinking about it. But I watched all my videos as if it was a timeline, as if I, I was a new fan. And I remember my first video being feral skinned, and everybody loved it. One of my most successful videos to let people know I wasn't no dummy when I released my record. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I got to recreate that. But at the same time, because the times has changed. In Feral Skin, I was rapping like, oh, you know, white people hate when black people date their daughters, and oh, man, we built this place. Like, it was just like, you know, it was, it was it sounded like that. But then mm-hmm. after all the murders by the police officers and all of that stuff like that, you get historic black jail. So now this is like, all right now, niggas, it's time to wake up. So I got that. But then what they mad for is that 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 could be played on in the club on the radio, but the lyrics mm-hmm. are just as real as Historic Black Jails, minus the third verse, which I did not put on there because of that reason. But mm-hmm. so that's what I did. I released this record. I released this video. Nobody knew my plans as far as the two projects. All they all they seen was my city seen a two-part video uh, with a drone, first person to bring a drone to Augusta and shoot an awesome video that stood the test of a time of today that 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 displayed today's uh doings of the world and i think that's how i got over but at the same time you know it i just needed to respark my fans the first time the way i did it the first time so historic mm-hmm. black jails and i incorporated a new type of me that they're not used to listening to so it's okay. cool marketing okay now the lyrics for what they mad for oh forgive me what how? I'm like, it was just so deep. <laughs> what they mad for or historic black jails? Both of them. I'm like, you know, what they mad for, I, I listened to and I got that. I got that. And there was a, a definite message there. And um historic black jails, I was my hands just went up in the air and I'm like, I get I get it. I understand and I get it. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. You catch the irony? Like, first of all, what they mad for, I'm just like you. So it's like, that's the question being asked, the thesis statement. Mm-hmm. If I had to write a mm-hmm. thesis statement at the top of my page before I wrote the song, that's what it would have been. It would have been, what they mad for, I'm just like you. So mm-hmm. you got that. And then not only did I say, what are y'all mad for, I'm just like you, but then I, I broke it down to, like, this is what's wrong. This is why they mad, because we trapped in our own minds, because we think, you know, we don't think the, the same. One of my favorite lyrics on what they mad for, too, you mentioned the lyrics, was I like the line where I say, it was nice we didn't have food, drinking liquor to try to sleep quicker. I feel like that's one of the hardest lines, like, not that anybody has ever said, but, like, just me, because it's so real. Like, who paints that picture of, it was nice you didn't have food, so you drink liquor to go to sleep. Like, it's just like, that's just like a hardcore at the bottom line, you know? Yes. Yes, yes. And that is also the reason why people get, you know, hooked on drugs. 
the reality mm-hmm. of their life is so hard. So the only way that they can escape is by indulging in something to take them out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, That's exactly and I was, yeah, and I got that, and I was like, I see this. I see exactly what it is he's saying. Now, I need to ask you, you know, there are a lot of – I'm sure you've come across a lot of people from a different generation, and they don't really have such a fond appreciation of rap music, of hip-hop. What would you what, what would you say to them? Um, I under, Well, first I would say I understand, and then that's when they would be like, you understand, and what do you understand? I say, I understand that rap took a turn for for the worse, and with time, you grow apart from things with anything. So now we're dealing with people who have, if they've grown apart from hip-hop or music in general, most likely they grew apart at a time where they did not like the actual genre of music. Then if they grew apart when they didn't like the genre of music and they spent all this time away, you think they're going to come back? So I don't expect them to come back and accept or support. So I tell them I understand, but the only thing I can actually do is have a conversation with those people or have a way to display my art or let them come see me at a show, and only then will they appreciate the music again. But other than that, you you know, if you're just saying, hey, check this song out or listen to the song, I'm going to be honest, the total package in the artist is not just sonically. You know, a lot of the times I record my own, I got my own spot, so I record my own music. I send it off to get mixed, but uh, it, I, I'm only doing what I can do even for myself. So people hear me at a part where there's no engineer on, on, on hand. There's nobody like a Kanye West behind me telling me how to do stuff at perfection. There's none of that. So that's what everybody hears. They hear that raw aspect in my music because I don't have these things, you know. I think that's what an underprivileged, you know, that's that's kind of creepy. I know I'm I'm, I'm babbling a little bit, but it's okay. the fact that the underprivileged aspect of not even having your studio equipment means that your verses and songs come out raw. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. hence raw and underprivileged. So when you hear me, it's like, ew, it's like, dang. But, you know, I don't have – so if you hear me sonically, you'll be like, ah, oh, that ain't the best produ- uh, 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 mixed record because I ain't doing a 10,000 ad-libs or I ain't hitting high notes or I ain't doing nothing like that. So sonically, you may not really get me uh, right away. But if you've seen me perform and you've seen what you heard, oh, my God, it's a different experience. You'll see the, the pain and the frustration on my face mm-hmm. per song. So – you know, it's just a different situation. But when those people come out and see that, only then will they appreciate music again. But a true connoisseur of of hip hop would appreciate the fact that you are doing it raw and underprivileged in that manner, so to speak. Mm, true. That is very true. That is very true. So, you know, it's it it all depends because if you got those, you know, wannabes, I'm just gonna call them wannabes. You know, they're going to come and say, nah, nah, because they like that bubble gum and, you know, and pop stuff, that polished stuff, you know. And sometimes, I mean, in all honesty, hip-hop and rap, it wasn't polished to begin with. (laughs) At all. Yeah, at all. It was always broken down and thrown together, meaning the jazz. I heard you in your intro and stuff. 
So meaning like the jazz being sampled and cut up and then thrown on a record and then a guy spits over it. That's all like raw. That's the whole mm-hmm. setup of hip hop is raw as hell. Mhm. So, you know, for those that, you know, have all the criticisms and stuff, you know, it, I call them the newbies. They have all these criticisms and they're looking at all these different things. And the truth of the matter is, um, it was a, it is and always has been a form of expression from a community whose voice was always not acknowledged. Yes. Indeed. So so, and it's still being and it's still being done exactly like that. Only I don't know if you heard about this, but this is new thing going around called industry plants. You heard about that? No. Tell me more. So I was I was looking at a few artists' interviews, and uh, you know I seen Rory uh, wearing an industry plant shirt that said industry plant. I heard Post Malone uh, say that he, people call him an industry plant from the label and. You know, Charlamagne the God asks him, what's the industry plan? He doesn't even know. So then from that moment, I, you know, I went in my mind, and I'm just like, an industry plant. The industry is dying. So if you're an industry plant, that can't be a good thing. You you most likely are like an artist that's like not really, that's probably biting the whole image or the whole label is creating you and placing you in the industry to really Got take it. light off of King Lamar. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. So I'm battling with industry plants that's already there while I'm trying to grow my seeds. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I think got that's it. What, that's, a new thing. that's scary. Yeah, where they're placing people in certain places so that you will think that that's the, that's the, that's the place, that's the spot, that's the person when they are manufactured, so to speak, and they haven't been created. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. It's mm-hmm. right there. It's right there in front of everybody's face, too. You know? Okay. And people still don't want the realness of the of, of the music. You know, it's just crazy. I, I Sometimes I don't understand it, but at the same time, it, it causes for a great story. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it also, you know, I think if they allowed hip hop to really just grow an afro, so to speak, yeah. <laughs> they would be afraid of what it, the afro would look like. Mm. Mm. That's deep. I think I think secretly they start killing a lot of black African Americans because we start literally growing afros. <laughs> <laughs> they and want us was- to keep the perm, keep the perm. Yeah, yo, like, can, can you imagine if these kids are popping out one one year with spiky nappy hair? Like, that's like that's like some like that's scary. I know white people that's scared of black people walk down the street and be like, yo, they look like you know they, they like to say we look like animals. So if we're really looking wild style like that, they really afraid. So it just man, it all adds up. Black president, white people mad at the black president. Black people walk around here growing their hair out. We looking, we looking like how we want to look, and then we get killed in the process. Look, nothing new under the sun, but there is a change coming, and there are a lot of voices out there making sure that the change does happen. And we're, I'm completely grateful for that, and I'm sure, and you are on the front line with your music as well. Thank you. And you're on the front line mm-hmm. with the platform, allowing me to, to, you know, for people to hear me and follow me. Mm-hmm. Now, 
before we get off off kilter too far, let's get back on track and tell people how they can find you, um, you know, where you will be performing so they can really get the real, real and all these other things. All right, so I got this performance on the 21st in Atlanta, uh, February this morning. I really don't know where it's at. That's the kind of person I am. I get I get dates, and I just wait till they come up. Uh, but I got a performance on February 21st. Y'all can find all my music at truesmusic.com, T-R-U-E-Z, music.com. All my social media is Trues Nation, T-R-U-E-Z, Nation. So if you want to follow me, all my videos on YouTube, go on World Star, type in Trues, live mixtapes, whatever you like. And I got this underprivileged series that I just dropped. It got five episodes, and it's very lovely. It got footage from the Million Man March. I was one out of, like, probably, besides my crew, I was one out of two people that went to the Million Man March in my city. So you guys should really see that and check that out, truesmusic.com. Okay, great. Now, getting back, okay, there's there's one thing that I really would like to say is that not all white people are mean and evil and bad. You know, and and that's the that's the beauty of it, you know, that we're at a time now where people can be the, their true selves and be accepted. And that's a beautiful thing. But we also have some people out there who are trying to continue putting that riff and that 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 friction in the way just to keep things the way that they were and were is over we're moving to a new new way of doing things and and it although it's scary and it may be un you know uncomfortable it's happening whether we like it or not that that's i i agree i agree with that a hundred percent i agree with that like you said Mhm. Yes. Now, would you like to give us a few lyrics before you go? Ooh, you want me to rap? Would you mind? Um, please, let me see. Um. All right, since all right, since I'm on the phone, I'm gonna do something. I'm not the most. I'm not the. I'm not a freestyler or anything. I don't want nobody. I'm a. I'm a straight writer, right? Mhm. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go into my note section. I wrote something on January twenty seventh, two thousand sixteen. 2.17 p.m. So I'm going to spit. It's one of my favorite verses right now. So I'm going to spit this. All right. Life is too short to be in court on the stand. Only God can judge me, but the judge don't understand. Your honor, this is far beyond us. You sentence me because I ain't got the commas. The penalty of smoking ganja and the chiba. Lord, I had the heater in the glove department. My girl panicked fast. The cops was on my ass. I need to stop the stash. Quick, wipe off the dash. This may be my last trip. I hope he passed because I ain't got the cash to get me out the padlock. But the madlock's pursuing me bad. Time served this time missed. Just ask my dad. Man, I swear I need to lay off this gas. And gas meaning weed. Mm-hmm, I got that. That was <laughs> excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's really interesting uh-huh. that, you know, where we, you know, and I keep saying it all the time, and I guess I'm going to sound like a broken record eventually, that where we are and where we're going is where we've been. Mm. Mm. It's deja vu. 
Yes, it is. It is just like the Bible. Like I tell everybody, the Bible is a book that was written and it was written as a guide. So we won't make the same mistakes, but we seem not to read it because <laughs> we keep making the same, the same mistake. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's the way I see things, you know, things are going in a direction, but we've been here before and we have an opportunity to make such an amazing change and turn things around in a way that would make everything right, but still it's not happening. Yes. Soon though, I feel like we're on the renaissance. Yes. 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 I don't know. It could be 50 years. It could be 10. It could be five. Right. I mean, I may not see it. You may not see it, but it's happening. It's going to happen. Yeah, it I may not happen for a hundred years. I gotta give a shout out to one of my manager. He's actually, you know, we're speaking about Caucasians and stuff. He's mm-hmm. white, and we often go through a lot of stuff being being in the South doing what we do. Me doing the type of music that I do, and my mm-hmm. manager being white and supporting it, so he gets it from his end. And I'm pre- I don't really get it from my end, but I know it's you know it's people out there that just turn their nose up to it. That actions speak louder than words sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know. So we go through our own little uh, dramas, and I just want to say to everybody listening that that's even the test of, like, two people from two different styles of living uh, coming together for a common goal and success in, in, in music, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's great. Like, that that gives me motivation as I continue my journey is knowing that I'm, like, I'm breaking a racial barrier along with, you know, uh, you know, uh, being from the south, being you know, it's just a lot of stuff against me right now. It's gonna make the victory and the success so much sweet. But shout out to my manager for helping me make this happen. That is great. Yes, indeed. Because you know, you he, he's your cushion, so to speak. He's your cushion, mm-hmm. and he prevents all of the negativity that comes your way from really hitting you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so you know, he's a blessing for you, and that's a wonderful thing. And not everyone can say that they have management that has their back like that. Word, word. I appreciate mm-hmm. him a lot. Yeah, and I want to also give Monica Alexander a shout-out because had it not been for her, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Exactly. Shout-out to Monica. Thank you, Monica, a lot. Yes, yes, yes. So I am one of those people that when I like what I like, I like for you to come back. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, I would love for you to come back. I mean, it would be a great opportunity for you to share some more of your experiences and some more of your your work. And the next time you come back, we're going to play your music because I wanted to get to know who you were because oftentimes you get a you get a hip hop artist, you play their music and you really don't get to know who they are. So now we know you. Yeah. So now we're familiar. So now when I come back, it's going to be like I've been here before. I can kick my feet up just a little bit. That's right. Yes, we can sit back, relax, and chill and listen to some music. Word, word. Okay. So I want to thank you so much for coming on board and giving us this opportunity to get to know who you are and understand, you know, what your take on your artistry is and, you know, not letting someone else determine that. I also would like to say to each and every listener out there that, you have to really look at what we're doing right here. Here's an opportunity to show you that dreams do happen, that people who are true to who they are, 
believe in themselves, follow their goals and their instincts, and they go with what they have been chosen to do. This is his journey. This is his destiny. And he's following and he's doing it. And the information he's sharing with you in the form of his artistry is educational. And you can't go wrong with that. So as I always tell each and every listener out there, take time to do you. Be good to yourself. Take care of yourself. Eat right. Get lots of rest and everything. Um, And most of all, follow your dreams. Don't follow somebody else's because their journey is going to be different than yours. And don't let anybody talk you out of what what it is in your heart you want to do. And you, too, can be sitting here telling us your story because your story is important. It's important to us. It's important for us to know because your story makes our history. So to each and every one of you, have a great, great, great evening, and God bless. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, 